0: Hello, it's Natalia Lloyd and welcome to my podcast Beehive Household. As part of my interior design business, my first chat with my clients is a deep dive into their lifestyle and daily routines to be able to understand how they use their homes. And this is where the idea for this podcast came from. So subscribe and listen to find out about the daily routines of my extraordinary guests, their mindset, their choice of interiors, but most importantly, how their life at home sustains their success and much, much more. My guest today is a very lovely, driven, determined, successful family friend, Paula McKenzie. Paula is the general manager at one of the UK's most popular fast food chains, KFC UK and Ireland. She has an impressive list of academic and career achievements. Having graduated from Cambridge with a master's degree in economics, she also studied at one of the world's foremost business schools, London Business School. There are some big names on the list of her former um, employers, including EY, GlaxoSmithKline, Innocent Drinks and Diageo. And she's now been with KFC for just under 10 years. Today, I'm in Paula's gorgeous Surrey home, where she lives with her husband, Ross, and their two sons, and I'm here to find out how her home life and routines sustain her success. Welcome to the Beehive Household, Paula. Oh, thank
1: you. That's such a kind intro. My goodness. Wow. I'm humbled.
0: Oh, that's all well-deserved. And I must say, the house looks gorgeous. So much thought went into it. The work that's been done, the attention to detail. And I know you mentioned that you had help of interior designers. How was that experience for you?
1: Yeah, we did. And I do love it. I um, I love it every time I walk into it. And my home is completely my sanctuary. And actually there's been a lovely um upside to covid as being in your house much more it's That's like right. you spend all this time and money on this asset this amazing place and you then get you to ne- enjoy it yeah so i have loved loved being at home um we did we worked with a, um, a couple of interior designers with a studio and actually i just don't think i would have by myself accomplished um, i just know i wouldn't i was really struggling trying to do this house the house Um, for your listeners, is an arts and crafts house. And actually, I really found that difficult. Um, I'd always lived in Victorian properties, a very traditional London property. And I, I guess I knew what I was doing with those. Right. But when it came to the arts and crafts world, I was like, oh my goodness, I really... I need some help. Everything I was ordering looked wrong, wasn't the right size. Um, And when you are juggling, and I know that's, you know, the purpose of this podcast too, when you're juggling a a family life, a career, the last thing I just seemed to be able to do was furnish my house in a way that I was going to find, you know, beautiful and inspiring. Um, And so actually, you know, meeting the couple that helped design the house with us um, and actually working, understanding the process that they went through, like thinking about the era of the house what our family life involved. Um, They they were really clever actually at, um, for example, in arts and crafts, thinking about what would William Morris have done, you know, the designer at the time, but doing that in a non-period way. Um, and actually, as somebody who doesn't like green, who actually, you know, in life doesn't really like green, yes. saying, Paula, we really think, you know, green needs to be the theme in this house because <laughs> it's arts and crafts and nature and everything. And so now, actually, I love it. But I remember I fought them really hard on the green thing. So
0: <laughs> it's Oh, wow. Funny. I love um, it that l- they managed to convince you yes. and to
1: sway. OK. And it's so calming. I love it. It fits so well in its surroundings, the house, the design ties ties the house into the surroundings and it's a thread all the way through the house and that's another thing i learned actually that i hadn't appreciated when i had done up houses myself i always just did room at a time depending on what i
0: liked that's right
1: Um, and then working with an interior designer i realized that they kept repeating themes or there was a flow to the house yeah and in the early days i thought um, go with this they're being lazy they're just using the same tiles or <laughs> the same paint or the same color But they're not of course there's a harmonious theme throughout the house and again I hadn't really appreciated that so it is funny what you learn as a as a non-interior designer
0: yeah yeah no it's um, to make sure that all the rooms are speaking to each other that's right and you have a wonderful sitting area where we are now uh, with a lot of natural light and A gorgeous, huge, gorgeous garden, and that greens just carries on. That's right um, into outside, and it's beautiful. Yes, with a little bit of gold and brass. That's right mixed. um, It's phenomenal with all the beautiful pieces and features in your house. Are there any that you that particularly stand out for you that you find maybe dear to heart, maybe something you've carried um, or inherited from? your previous houses or previous um, from your parents grandparents etc.
1: Yeah, my one of my favorite things is actually um a little Victorian sewing chair that a lady would have sat on and done sewing that was my grandmother's. And my grandmother um was Maltese. Yeah. So oh, from Malta. Yeah. I yes. didn't know that. I married a British gentleman. Um And for her, I think it was the height or the epitome of becoming a British and English lady to have this Victorian chair. Um, I guess she was always aspiring to be quintessentially British, you know, cups of tea and sitting nicely in dining rooms. And so I think this chair, which in its day, my parents even um, gave me the original receipt for it, was, you know, a fortune for her relatively. But my mother as a child could remember how important this chair was to my grandmother. So I've inherited it. And then I didn't like um, the upholstery. And so my mother got it upholstered in a fabric that I really like, which is a... Uh, a geometric print but in a kind of pink velvet that all sounds very garish it's not it's like a baby pink it's really lovely and although it comes you know as any girls chair in their bedroom a dumping ground for clothes I just really like it. I, it's very sentimental. Mm.
0: I'm, I'm gonna get a picture of that. Okay. I, I need to see that. This <laughs> this sounds beautiful, and so much story and history behind it as well. Yeah. But I agree that sometimes all um, all pieces, you want them to be a slightly modernized, and it's it's great that you could um, change the fabric to fit your new design because there, there is a little bit of green, but also a bit of pink. That's right. Going on, so it fits perfectly. So. Um, so coming back to your experience um, with your interior designers. Mm. Um, so if in two words, if you describe it, um, how was it? How would, would you do it again? Was it what would you do differently? How would you manage that relationship? Yeah.
1: I definitely would use interior designers again, because I think creatively you realize you get the genius or the brilliance that, you know, if that's not your strength in life if you don't have that creative flair, and I would say I'm a creative person, but their vision and their brilliance, I would definitely use interior designers again. I think the watchouts for me were around almost the service that I was expecting, so I was expecting more, and deliberately so, You know, when I look back to the year that we had in 2017, I was expecting more overt, hands-on project management skills, and I didn't get that but I did get a beautiful design and a beautiful home. So I think it's just going into it with your eyes wide open and probably really, really grounding out with your interior designer, what exactly are you getting for the money? And don't just assume when they nod and say, yes, we'll project manage it, that you are getting that. But creatively, I would go again, working with an interior designer.
0: There's a lot to juggle, isn't it? So it is it's a nice lot. to outsource That's right. that element. Well, in um, Natalia Lloyd Interiors, mm-hmm. um, in the company that I run, we definitely prioritize um, that transparency um, because it's important to have the communication and um, for the client to understand where you're coming from. And we all run businesses, so of course um, there's a fee structure involved. But as long as it's Communicated. I think the key is communication and managing the expectations of the clients. That's always a um, yeah a big motto of what I do um, with my business. But um, going back to your um, interior decor style. So does your preference style changes um, when you get to choose holiday homes or hotels? Oh, that's interesting.
1: It's funny actually because I have increasingly realised how important my surroundings are to me as I've got older. And actually when I go to hotels that I feel like, oh, you know, this doesn't gel with me. You don't enjoy it in the same way. Yeah. Um, but I think it's unfair sometimes to expect hotels to refurb themselves all the time. So I, you <laughs> <Just> know,
0: <laughs> why not? Yeah, <laughs> but
1: you just appreciate things, don't you? And I, you catch yourself photographing things you like or that yes. you, you know, enjoy someone's bathroom or whatever. So, um, but I wouldn't probably turn down a hotel just because, Based on, yeah.
0: But if when you're choosing, where would your preference lie?
1: In something, um, go with it. Old, but with a modern twist. With a like, modern twist. Yeah. Love it. So contemporary, um, mm-hmm. in the way it's done out. And I think there's a lot of you know um, awesome hotels in London that have done that. Um, that's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So in your house, where's your happy place?
1: Oh, that's interesting. Um I do like the almost this pathway from the kitchen to this kind of space and I think it's because you can see the garden almost 300 it's not 360 but 180 degrees. Yes. And sometimes I'm you know caught or struck myself with how beautiful it is so um there's a nice story behind the house which is the gentleman who actually built the house in 1905 was almost the greengrocer so the local supermarket owner of 1905 in Farnham and he was a successful businessman mm-hmm. and then he bought this plot of land and built this house so I can see why you know it's a very carefully done thing and in its surroundings it sits really nicely and actually you find his um initials inscribed in many places it's on the front door it's on the mantelpiece it's um under the kind of art outside so there's moments where That's it strikes beautiful. me this was a labor of love this is yes. really beautifully done
0: are you putting your initials on <laughs> <laughs> before <laughs> we it's leave one day. A, yes <laughs> because it's definitely a labor of love mm-hmm. it's very cozy very homey um yeah it's, it's just that Um, understated um, glamour here. I love it, absolutely.
1: Let me tell you a quick story though, because there's lots of intricate details aren't there. You know, there's lots of coving and pillars and things that come with the arts and crafts era. And I remember when we were thinking about decorating and I was chatting to our decorator because I was like, oh my goodness, what do we pick out? What don't we pick out, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: And he said, Paul, if we do this badly, it will look like a bad nail bar. (laughs) You know That's I mean? right. Where they literally take every single detail and paint it in a different colour, so yeah. it is tricky to do, it is, yeah.
0: You know. no, it's beautifully done now with the play of white and off-white, That's so right. it creates the framing for your artwork, for your light fixtures and uh, the frames. It's, it's very tasteful. It's, it's done very well. Thank so you. So you've done a great job.
1: <laughs> it's nothing like pressure having an interior designer into your hands.
0: <laughs> giving a What assessment. do I think? Yeah. <laughs> well, well you, you definitely have a lot to be proud of, for sure. Um, so you and your husband, Ross, mm. have recently celebrated another wedding anniversary. We have. And that was the 13th one.
1: You're good with your homework. Yeah. Yes. There
0: you go. So how would you describe your unit with Ross?
1: Oh, okay. Um, I think it's a team effort, you know, a partnership. Actually it scares me slightly that it's 13 years and then we were together five years and so, you know, that's the best part of 20
0: years. It's yes. kind of scary. Oh, wow.
1: Um, Good track record. But we just, we balance each other well, like his strengths are, are not mine. He's way more patient. Um, <laughs> and yet the other side is I'm quite an action driver, so we get stuff done, you know, and then. Um, And if ever something's really getting to me, he's just a good sounding board as to put it in proportion for us. So I love him dearly. I don't tell him probably often enough, but no, it's good.
0: I'll replay this moment for him. (laughs) Don't tell him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So thinking about your management style, Mm. you previously described yourself to be consultative and empowering, Mm. and you also said, I'm in control, but I have no need to control. Is it the same when it comes to your home life?
1: It's interesting, isn't it? You're very astute Mm. with your questions. Yeah. um, Ross would say, actually, I'm quite controlling. Um, (laughs) would Paula say? I think he's probably right, actually. Does that make (laughs) sense? So when it comes to things close to me, it would be like your clothes or your home... I do like it the way I like it because I guess it's important and it's almost actually to me disproportionately important. Ross is more laid back in that respect, you know, he would probably live in, well, it doesn't really matter to him, It's just whereas I know when I've done personality profiling, um, I'm high on aesthetics, so what something right. looks like is actually really important to me. Um, and so I guess I'm controlling because I want the environment to be aesthetically pleasing. And then I, it's like I can relax. Right. And so then at work, um, actually, I've been known to make sure that the office looks OK, because I almost can't start working until the environment's clean. OK.
0: Yeah. So do you clean in the evening or in the morning before? How I'm long? much
1: more of a morning person. Morning, right. Um, but when I first went to work at KFC, for example, we were in a horrendous 1980s office building that hadn't even been refurbished I and mean, I just remember it being oppressive to me. It doesn't matter the nature of the work. I was working in supply chain, but I couldn't almost do any work because the building looked so bad.
0: Did you get it refurbished? Yes. Wow. And then
1: about three, four years into my career with KFC, we moved offices because I was like, let's move.
0: Oh my gosh, I feel like we're soul sisters now.
1: <laughs> so That's... it's it's just and so I helped then design the next place that we're still in and it's much more pleasant place to work. And everyone the comments though.
0: Mm. I, I find um, the same with my husband, they, I think Ross is quite similar when you don't, um, they, it seems like they don't really care right. but they actually, appreciation is there totally. because they get to enjoy it all. Yeah. Um, so I'm with you on that, yes. So what is your typical working day and weekend routine like, so two okay. different days?
1: Um, so it's interesting. I mean, I'll describe a kind of like post-covid one, I guess, because that's become my new normal. New yeah. normal, yes. Yes. Um so I'm a real morning person, so I do get up early, um but then I go to bed very early. So I, I probably wake about 5:30, 6 6:30 at the latest. Right. I have a personal trainer who comes to the house three times a week and we work out in the garden. Which is really nice. And I thought I would never be that person. I've done that consistently for about three, four years now. Right. I have a TRX that hangs off the tree. You don't need very much. A couple of kettlebells and a TRX.
0: Fantastic. And a yoga mat, you know? Fantastic. So inspiring. It's cool.
1: I really enjoy it. And I never thought I would be that person. Um, When?
0: Like five years ago? Yeah.
1: Right. I mean, I've always loved classes at the gym. But -hmm. if you said to me, Paul, you're going to be exercising outside when it's muddy, raining, snowing... But you actually really get into it and then you miss it when, you know, so so I do that Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, Other days now I've kind of introduced a yoga class or two. So I typically try and start the day with some kind of exercise. Um, And then after that, it's just shower. And before you know it, it's getting onto calls from about 8.30 onwards, sometimes a little bit earlier. But uh, in amongst that, the kids are around, homeschooling, obviously we have a full-time nanny. So this is where it comes to... The comment that you said earlier about not needing to control, it's true actually. So, I need to, we talked about control of the environment, but when it comes to task delegation, I have like no problem with that at all. Right. And I think that's been an example that my mother set to me as a, as a career professional working woman when I watched her from a little girl. And I'd, I have no problem delegating tasks. So, yeah. Um, and leveraging
0: yes, your time as well totally
1: yeah. and it's funny looking back um you know all those typical things that were said to me you oh, paul Paula's bossy It's a little girl i organized my sister i think i organized the family but
0: leadership traits <laughs> you know exactly
1: right exactly right. and so yes we have a nanny cleaners decorator gardener and then you know obviously the whole team at work but It takes an army, it takes an army, it does, for anyone, and to achieve anything, it takes a huge community, a massive amount of people, and I think that's true whether it's your home life, your work life, it takes an army of people.
0: That's right, it's the best use of your time, if your input can be much more valuable elsewhere. You're so right. And it's an opportunity for everyone else to show themselves, to input, and everyone feels great, so I'm totally with you on that. So what about your weekend?
1: weekends actually we're quite quiet we don't typically do a lot like occasionally we have a couple of close couple friends in the area and we'll see them where our kids get on well with their kids as well um we might get takeaway you know we might get sushi but we don't actually do that much it's i think it's a regroup relax um i actually like pottering around the house I'm um, bad. <laughs> I'll
0: be to around this house. Yes. Yes. Gorgeous. So we,
1: we don't do that much. Um, I do wonder if, you know, in about 10 years when the kids are a bit older, what will we do? Maybe you start travelling again and doing all those that's things. Right. But I think this decade has been epitomised by not doing a lot in that respect, just bringing up kids and hanging out with the kids.
0: Yes. Mm. Yes. No, that's that's right. And I'm probably going to ask the most frequently asked question. How often do you eat KFC? I know, people ask me that a lot. There Um, you go.
1: (laughs) Definitely in normal times, at least once a week. um, It's been less frequent just because I haven't been traveling around our restaurants as much as I normally would have, if that makes sense. So probably like once every two weeks. Um, but interestingly, we have incorporated it into our family life. So we just drove back from Devon and we popped in at the services. To
0: KFC, yeah, of course. You know, so. Do people recognize you there? Is a special not all, treatment? Not all
1: restaurants, obviously. Only certain restaurants. Right. But I try and, in the main, introduce myself and yeah,
0: I'll let them know. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So with um, so much to juggle, mm. you know, you're a mum, your wife, sister, daughter. You are a successful businesswoman. Which one of these rules do you find the hardest?
1: I actually think friend is the hardest. Does that make sense? It's the one that I feel I've probably let go the most over the last 10 years. Um, I don't know how you feel about this kind of stuff, but um, it's so hard to keep all of those balls in the air. That's right, And I probably disproportionately throw myself into work if I was to to critique myself. I think um, I'm a bit of an all-or-nothing person, so I probably get swept up or I'm... I get a huge sense of professional satisfaction. I think I do, you know, from what I do. And then I and then motherhood or, or being with my family, I take really seriously too. And so that extends to my parents and my sister as well. So I think the one ball that I've probably dropped the most is have I been a good enough friend over the last ten years? But what I do notice is friends that you've been friends with for years, almost you they've don't been going have through. To see them yeah, often, you no don't, them. and they're very forgiving or understanding of that. And typically, friends have been on a similar. A gravitational kind of journey themselves, so I feel like I can pick it up more now. My children are like eight and ten. If older, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. No, yeah. I, um, I I agree. It's um, um, the older we get, it's much more difficult to acquire new friends as well, and to yeah. um, get those relationships to the status where you cannot see for months and months, and then you met up and you just pick exactly where you left it off. But yeah, I understand that. Um, so. Back to KFC a little bit. You've been in the hot seat at KFC since 2017 yes. and shortly after you became MD, the company hit the headlines when around 80% of KFC restaurants had to be closed Mm -hmm. due to the failure of the chicken supply chain. So you very successfully steered the company out of that crisis. But what was it like for you personally?
1: Yeah, it's funny now. Um, it's that, funny, the so funny it? I remember my boss's boss at the time saying, you will look back at this and laugh. And I just thought, his name is Roger. I was like, Roger, I'm never getting to that place. <laughs> and I am in that place now. Like, you know, vaguely I can look back almost three years later or whatever and laugh. But it was horrendous. It honestly was horrendous. I'd been the general manager for about nine months um, when that happened. And... It is a bit like an out-of-body experience because you're a bit like, can we just roll back 24 hours? Can we just go back to how things were? But, um, you know, it's what what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. At the end of the day, you know, no one died. So I think you have to try and put it into some kind of proportionality. But yeah, it was a huge corporate mess. Mm. Um, You're at the epicenter, you're the leader. And... And it was a learning experience like none other now having said that then if you fast forward to 2020 with the COVID experience i stand by the fact that we have done so well this year is because of the muscle memory of what we went through in 2018 that kfc we've been able to pull out of this faster than anyone else because we know exactly what we're doing in a crisis situation so it is funny the silver linings that come from these things yeah genuinely because you no one closes all their restaurants, but we did in 2018. And then two right. years later, we've just had to again. And nobody else, I think, in our sector has had that experience, and we have. So it's funny what can then come back to be your greatest friend. Yeah,
0: totally. But Fantastic. I wouldn't
1: have believed that at the time.
0: No. No. <laughs> Everything happens for a reason. That's what they said, and maybe that was the reason. Maybe that's true. So what actually helped you, because I, I suspect there were longest working hours mm-hmm. you you've done yes um what helped you to stay headstrong and not to crumble under that pressure yeah um
1: they were the longest hours i've ever worked i was literally working probably 20 out of 24 hours and when you actually think about that if you do that day in day out you, you are exhausted i remember by about day 16 just thinking i'm just gonna crumble you know i feel exhausted um you realize how much how many battery packs you need for your phone you know there's this I could barely run to the bathroom, you know, with, because I was on a call all the time. I literally had to run, say to somebody, I have to go and I'll call you back again in two minutes. Um, but I think... Physically
0: I, sounds Physically impossible. draining.
1: Yeah, it was almost impossible. It really was. But you you don't know the depths you're capable of as a human. That's for sure. And I think you'll have glimmers of your own personality through your life. But I think I, ha- I knew I had an inner strength and you just... No, this is not going to break me. I can do this. We are going to get through this. I believe in all these people. And, and even if we're not, if that makes sense, I owe it to my people. If we're going to go down, I'm going down with them. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's a real sense right. of I'm the leader of this company. This is a situation we're in and I'm going to do my absolute best to lead us out of it. Um, but it's very, you would never want to go through it, but then you realise you are the stronger for the experience. But you draw on your inner strength, I think. That's what I learned. Did at
0: any point you cried? Oh, I
1: definitely cried. Um, Not in a, just a a frustration, anger. I mean, all the emotions, you know, the Sarah curve, shock, anger, rejection, acceptance. Yes. You go through that time and time, just pure anger. Um, And just, you know, how are we in the situation? But, um, yeah, I... I've learned a few things, and this is true. I always say to people, the more serious the situation, the slower you should go. You know, you take decisions slowly, in a, in a constructive way, don't rush anything. The more serious or the stakes are higher, slow down, think, um, and we'll get through this. And you just keep putting, it's like even when you can't see the end of the tunnel, if you just keep putting one foot in front of another, you eventually get out. You'll it get is out. literally like clawing your way out. It took us six, nine months of clawing our way out of that. That's a long time.
0: It probably would have felt like years at rather than... Yeah. And um, the pressure, external pressure out there from media, um, even your own employees, perhaps. Yeah. The pressure is there to make it faster. But you rightly said the philosophy is to go slower uh, rather than quicker and into the wrong direction. That's right.
1: I mean, all sorts of craziness. You know, you've got um, journalists. Uh, I mean, I don't mind saying now. Like, we had to hire, um, we had a security officer, you know, in case the journalists were going to bother my children or our nanny. Um, journalists, you know, at various depots. You just can't almost make up the what's going on, and you can't over communicate as a leader. So I think you realise you just have to keep communicating, keep communicating, talking internally, like you said, externally to your people. And, and gradually, gradually, you get out of it, but it was... Was well, the
0: media trying to um, be around your house as
1: they well? They actually weren't in the end, but it was a prevent, you know, it was a just precautionary. Story, yeah, yes. exactly. Um, but yeah, everyone was interested, you know, those, those were all the headlines. Oh my goodness, KFC, you've run out of chicken. You're just yes. like, you have no idea. <laughs> Behind that sentence, you have no idea. Behind that sentence, there is a lot going on. Mm.
0: Wow. No, it's, it's, it's admirable it's, um, it's, it's going to be a case study
1: I think you know a Harvard Business Review or we've been approached yes. we'll want to do a paper and, and lots of people other CEOs have been interested because they're like you all do these risk assessments and people yes. can be a bit you know just fill in the template but risk assessment at its core you realise why, why we do it
0: Paul has done it so yeah, indeed. you've lived
1: and breathed it. Yes. That's why you do the. I mean, take your risk assessment. Any business person listening, I'd say take your risk risk assessment really seriously.
0: <laughs> That's right. And if that case study um, was done, it could have been used by many um, companies now. In 2020 when the lockdown has happened to be used so maybe you you know you could have pushed for
1: that's true it's funny after it's over to some you want to stop talking about it people actually want you know i get asked for interviews on the topic even now people wanted to talk about it okay covid's moved things on but actually as a company you want to put that behind you and just move on so we deliberately wanted to stop talking about it
0: that's right it makes sense yes so changing tack a little Mm. bit Um, And coming back to your beautiful house, how often do you have guests staying over here?
1: Not very much, actually. I don't know if that's a trend. It feels um, my parents stay over a little bit, um, my sister too, but we don't have friends to stay. And I wonder if that's a trend of how people treat each other's houses these days. So much so that with the spare bedroom with a double bed sitting there, I was just thinking... Why do we have this? you know <laughs> Should I just you know reconfigure this room into something else? Um, so yeah' not very much, but we have people over for dinner you know for the weekend for a day, but not staying the night so
0: not the night no. okay so um, how often are you throwing house parties oh. and on for what occasions?
1: maybe once or twice a year, typically around someone's birthday, so um, the latest one, you can still see the old balloons hanging up outside. Right. My father was 72, so oh, we had a nice congratulations. family, yeah, and, and just making a bit more of a deal of someone's birthday. Hector was 10 this summer, so we made a little bit more of a deal of that, so those kind of things.
0: Right. Yeah. Gorgeous. And um, any awkward party moments you encountered?
1: <laughs> Have I had any awkward party moments? Maybe this is, no, it's not even awkward party, but I think because we've done the house up, it's actually when a house is not done up, I'm more like, oh, everyone in, go for your life. It doesn't matter what gets trashed, if that makes sense. Right. Whereas once I've decorated or had a house decorated, I'm a little bit more like, oh, I don't want hands on the walls. <laughs> <laughs> is that bad? I'm Although not... <laughs> it's been four years ago. Yeah, yeah but I, <laughs> I just want it kept nice. You know, um, so we don't really have big house parties, although my sister is uh, an events planner, party planner. and Ironically. Yeah, she's like, Paul, your house is so ripe for this. We need to do a big party. So it would have been this summer for Hector's 10th, but because of COVID and everything, we couldn't do it. There you go. In the future, Natalia, and I'll definitely make sure you're invited, all right?
0: Please do. I I won't come with a recorder, but (laughs) we may edit in the awkward party moments because I can bring those. I don't have
1: awkward, yeah. (laughs) We need to get some though, don't we?
0: There you go. Because um, I think think you're right, and it's coming back to your um, point about the friends as well. Mm -hmm. It's a completely separate um, mindset that you need to be in to entertain, to have people in you know that kind of advanced planning it takes a lot it does. and um, you know knowing you you are perfectionist in many ways and you would want to have it all done properly as well for the guests to enjoy themselves the meals etc cetera, etc cetera. so um yeah it's 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 another compartment in your huge to do list yes. that needs to happen yet um the house is all about memories as well, yes. and whilst you're building them with your own family, I think, um, and that's what I keep reminding myself because I'm quite similarly to you. Um, you just fall into the routine, and um, you just like a hamster, yes, you will just true. To run through. Uh, but actually, to take time to plan, put those things far in advance, and try. Um, so my kind of philosophy here that, um, you know, to bring the memories, to make the memories, that's lovely, you have to feel. It. Yeah. Yeah, so really I'm now nice. focusing on building memories and making memories. Yeah. And people bring those in, the, those awkward situations that yeah. know, will be talked about for years after. Um, so that's something I'm trying to uh, focus yeah. on as well. But with COVID, um, things, um, yes, are not naturally easy. Yes. You're very
1: astute. And I think if I, so we've been in this house four years, so I turned 40 the year that I got made managing director and we moved house. So almost I couldn't do the 40th party that I wanted to do, not in a bad way, but just it was too busy, you know, it was becoming managing director, moving house. You know, just everything going on. The house wasn't in a state to kind of do a party. So I have kind of mentally promised myself it's well off yet. But when I turn fifty, we are doing a big party. Oh,
0: Forty fifth. Forty
1: fifth, you think? There you go. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. It's fifty. Yeah. You can't wait for that long.
1: And a small giggle, and then you can edit this out if it's inappropriate. But we did Hector's tenth, and I had done a nice platter of just laying out different party biscuits. Yeah. And I don't know if this is just little boys, but let's just say, and I won't go. They took <laughs> certain biscuits. And they were making actions with these biscuits that I was just like, oh my goodness, Ross, I can't believe what I've just seen.
0: (laughs) I was like, shocked. (laughs) My son is grown up. Yeah, I
1: was like, enough. You have to say something, because I was like, so anyway, so there you go. It even yeah. happens at a 10-year-old birthday party with something as innocuous as biscuits on a platter.
0: There you go. Oh, so You've that. encountered your awkward moment. I love it. This is not going to be edited out. Okay. okay.
1: There you go. But you will. It will stay a giggle between Ross and I, because you have that parental. A- and, and
0: all it. of my listeners know. Okay. <laughs>
1: Perfect. There you there go. You
0: go. Well, exactly. And this is something to remember. It is. And um, yeah, those those moments that you just um, cherish afterwards. Priceless. It was priceless. Yeah, it exactly. Is
1: priceless.
0: Yeah. So you've um you are also a gifted bassoon and piano player. Oh my goodness. So back in the day you even got music scholarship to go to rugby school. Did. Do you still play? Oh
1: um I can play, I don't play. It's more of a a time thing. Actually, when we moved to Farnham, I did join the the local orchestra and I was going every Monday night. Um, And I do get a huge amount of enjoyment. I think it's um, stress relieving. Honestly, I find music like, yeah, it removes stress. So it's just a function again of not having time. I definitely know that I will join an orchestra again. I can play the bassoon still. My piano skills are ropey. Um, But it's just, I realise it's given me such an appreciation for loving music so yes yeah.
0: and this is such a different part of you as well it's phenomenal so what is your key like favorite piece that you play
1: oh goodness um it's funny how the thing i actually play on the piano most is um and this is going to make you laugh uh, my gcse music composition so i made it up myself and wow. i think there's something about music that you've made up yourself It must just always be in your fingertips, whereas for everything else I need a piece of music, literally the sheet music in front of me. Um, I find that very stress relieving. So it must be a connection through to childhood or I'm sure some psychologist can tell me what that's about.
0: (laughs) 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 Well, now it makes me think, can we do our own version of Desert Island discs?
1: Go for it, although I would I'm you be not, able to I'm play for us? No, I'm not gonna play.
0: Please, no, it's too embarrassing. Come on.
1: No, man, de- 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 definitely, definitely not. Definitely not. Definitely yes. not. Yeah,
0: <laughs> right. So, I've got now left a quick blitz questions for you, okay? And um, uh, just on top of your head, mm-hmm. whichever answers mm-hmm. comes through um, top book recommendation on mindset and success.
1: Oh, see, that is one of my favourites, Brene Brown. I think she's a guru. Um, Really anything. Yeah, Dare to Lead I love, but Anything by Brene. Daring Greatly. Um, They're all similar uh, titles. Uh, Even following her, she's got a wonderful expression in that one, in Dare to Lead. Um, about having a brain train. So if you imagine a train is made up of lots of carriages, it's like, who are all the say 10 people that are like your gurus that you listen to mm-hmm. and your, car- your train can you know form and pull apart in different stages of your life so you mm-hmm. could add people in. And they're not necessarily people that you need to even know. You know. She would say, JK Rowling, I think for a while was like on her train or Oprah Winfrey or whatever. But um, yeah, she's an amazing leadership guru. And I heard her talk at South by Southwest did so that you? was the kind of dream come true so i i, I love anything by her yeah
0: amazing i will have a read
1: she's great dare
0: to lead mm. fantastic um so we talked about household tasks and your love to um you know and your ability to actually outsource to leverage it all out but are there any other household tasks that you would like you still like to outsource
1: oh my goodness oh
0: everything is yeah well,
1: it's interesting. From a design perspective, I would love someone to come and do almost like an interior design, turn our patio area into a better garden room kind of feeling. Right. Do you see what I mean? Whether it's the placement of the pots and the furniture. And so it's funny, we have a gardener, we use an interior designer, but there's almost where the two styling. styling yes. Right. Yes. Um, you know, I'd love us to hang out for a day. I'll have to figure out how this works. (laughs) And you can help me style some areas. We're
0: going to make those experiences happen.
1: But this is true, you know. So when I employed those interior designers, I thought that would be part of it, that we'd get some time hanging out together to style areas. And that never happened. So I think there's a disappointment of what I didn't get in some, you know, in some regards.
0: Yeah, Mm. yeah. I understand. I, understand, I, completely understand. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hear that a lot before going into um, the interior design business because I come from finance experience mm. um, background and um, I've done a lot of research to, talking to people who use interior designers and where frustrations are and to step in to try to resolve them to be different because um, that that's ultimately, there's no point in coming into the industry and to be just like everyone else. So right. to make your own standpoint and actually mm-hmm. to listen where the um, negative feedback is and try to improve it. So yeah, I would love to do that. Yeah, I think a lot of people
1: would like that. So I think you'll get a lot of interest Yeah,
0: They're looking forward to that. <laughs> your favorite meal of the day and why?
1: Oh, If I could only ever eat one meal, it would be brunch. I right. love going out for brunch. That is, yes. I think it's because I'm a morning person. That's like my peak moment of the day. I love that sweet and savory thing. So if it's something like blueberry pancakes, but with bacon, but with maple syrup, so the sweet and the salty, delicious, and eggs as well. I just love eggs. So that would be my one. I'd happily eat brunch and nothing else. That would be. Yeah, that would happy be your with meal coffee, with a lot of coffee.
0: <laughs> I'm with you. Oh. Um, top choice for celebrity house guest, and mm. it can be contemporary. It can be historical figure. Um, who would I like as
1: a... I think I'd love um, Michelle Obama to come around. I'm sure lots of people say that.
0: Uh, well, I would have said that, yes. Yeah, okay. Have you read her um I got about halfway becoming... through,
1: but I always have many books on the go, so yes. yes.
0: She's, um, she's also started um, her podcast, the Michelle Obama podcast. Yes,
1: I need to get
0: I feel like I'm promoting. I should be getting um <laughs> feed for it. I've talked about it on Instagram as well. Um, but it's, it's fabulous. Her first episode was uh, with Barack. And I just love their chemistry. I, I yeah. love that they have a good giggle and just completely in sync and understand each other. But it's very interesting. As was well. it really good? Yeah. I'm going to have to yeah, have a yeah. listen.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: So, Michelle Obama. Yeah. Um, to get some guidance, just to chat, what's, what's the admiration there? Um, I'd love
1: her take on, you know, female leadership. I, I hate to say female in front of that, but just leadership. What I love is that she really, she doesn't sugarcoat things and she's very in tune with, you can hear that in the population at large. And actually she was saying recently, you know, I feel a bit down. The world seems so crazy and I love that she... And everyone
0: jumped on it. Yeah. She's like, oh, Michelle Obama is depressed. That's how it was.
1: I know, which is an unfair reporting, really. I think she was just, in a human way, articulating how she was feeling. And I think, well, I I just love that. I I love that she could say, you know, I think it's... You know, I do feel a little bit mildly depressed with the state of things right now. And and that's what a lot of us were feeling. So people resonated, but you're right, the media jump on it don't they but exactly i think i'd just love to discuss most of those things but what i like is that she also likes what people can think is the more frivolous things so you know fashion or hairstyles and 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 i love that she's blended that so she's very true to herself so um that's what i aspire to be too is true to myself and those things resonate so yeah they mm.
0: um i think they also she talks about it in her book as well about living life as we mm-hmm. rather than me that egocentric you just closed family, but actually um, thinking of your neighbors, friends white, wider rather than um, this closed unit. and because with a lot of that's going on, we shut the doors to many of those things. That's true. and um, everyone is worried about themselves maybe. Really. Yeah. and it's, it's almost like a survival mode that we're in right now with COVID. and um, so it was a nice message to hear as well. That's really lovely. That actually, yes. your success is also success of people around you. So yes. because we are just as good as people around us. So it's um, it's a very um, yeah they they try to live by those words and um, obviously with their career achievements um, that kind of um, proves that. But um, it's just beautiful to think yeah. that way and just have that philosophy for yourself. And the last question I have, your dream house and location. I mean, this looks to me like a dream house, but...
1: Oh, I feel like it's like shoes or cars or something. You You can't have enough. Yeah, because there's so many iterations. And, you know, when I look at um, Art Digest on Instagram or any of these, or your dream house, and so many different versions pop up, and I'm like, I love that one. But I love (laughs) that one. I love that one. So I saw a gorgeous house, a really open plan, modern house. I think it was in Thailand. And I showed Ross. He's like have you even been to Thailand <laughs> <Love> um, <it. laughs> and at the same time a good colleague of mine she's just moved into a, like what she called a beach cottage in California and I was like oh it's stunning. This is it. <gasps> um, and then I saw another one that was just like a forest house in the middle of a forest but it had you could it was all glass and its roof so you could just lay down and see all the tree canopy so I mean those are three completely different iterations. Yeah, that's right that's <laughs> right <laughs> you yeah. want
0: to have them all, right? Totally. So right. it's
1: hard to choose just one. But I would be happy in in any of those. Yeah.
0: Location? Any any special location?
1: I think one day when we're older, we'll live near water, near the sea or something. I realize I in the UK,
0: or you're thinking I elsewhere? You don't know. You know? I don't know.
1: Um, I actually do prefer a warm climate. I put that down to my Maltese grandmother too, that I'm somehow, my genes are in the wrong country because they like a warmer climate.
0: That's right.
1: So somewhere warmer near sea, but I haven't pinpointed where that is yet.
0: Okay, well, maybe we'll do another episode in a couple of years' <laughs> time to know. Well, Paula, thank you so much. It's, oh, been, it's been a pleasure having a pleasure. you on my podcast. You are true inspiration, the okay. leader yeah. that... Um, doesn't just lead but leads by example and you um I admire you a lot and I just I'm just very grateful for you giving this time to me to the podcast and um, I hope listeners will really enjoy it I'm pretty sure they will um, so thank kind. you you're very much. gracious
1: you are a very astute lady um thank and you. I wish you every success I have no doubt that your business is going to be a success but it's been an absolute pleasure thanks Natalia.
0: thank you Paula thanks Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beehive Household Podcast. Please don't forget to like, leave your review and share with your friends and family. For more information on the design services we offer, visit our website www.natalialloydinteriors.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook under Natalia Lloyd Interiors as well as LinkedIn. Bye now till the next episode. Look after yourselves and your loved ones.